Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 22nd. This is Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. So, uh, what's going on in the world? There's lots of stuff going on in the world, Todd. Yuck, yuck. The Justice Department has been cracking down on several Democratic-led cities. New York City, Seattle, Portland are a few. um, And amid months of nationwide protests against police brutality and racial injustice, President Trump has asked the Department of Justice to ID certain cities that should be reprimanded for how they've handled things. Reprimanded. That sounds very uh, nanny state. Yesterday, the Department of Justice labeled New York City, Seattle, and Portland as anti Oh, anarchist jurisdictions. That's in a quote, anarchist jurisdictions. This is part of a Trump administration effort to stop lawlessness across the country. And this time it could involve money. The three cities could face cuts in federal funding. The Department of Justice criticized them for defunding police departments, restricting police from restoring order, and refusing to accept federal law enforcement's help. And it called out specific examples like New York City's increase in the number of shootings, Seattle's occupied protest zone, which was called CHOP um, at one point. Did they change their name to something else? I don't know. But uh, And then Portland's 100 consecutive nights of protests. Now the Department of Justice is saying it won't allow tax dollars to go to waste when safety hangs in the balance unless these cities get serious about law and order. So uh, the three mayors have called out the Department of Justice moves as thoroughly political and unconstitutional. Experts say that the president cannot pick and choose which cities are cut out uh, since Congress determines how funding is distributed. This isn't the first time the administration threatened to cut funding from cities. uh, And uh, they did it with sanctuary cities as well. And while federal appeals courts have ruled against the federal government, another legal battle could be brewing. So... um, Yeah. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, as we know, and tomorrow the public can pay their respects to the late Supreme Court justice who will lie and repose in the courthouse until Thursday. On Friday, she'll lie in state at the U.S. Capitol, being the first woman and the second Supreme Court justice to be given the honor. RGB will then be laid to rest in Arlington National Cemetery next week. Out of respect, President Trump says he'll announce his Supreme Court nominee at the end of the week once the services are over. So, um... Yeah, for those who who jump all over Trump for being tactless and tasteless, um, his comments when being told that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed, I thought were actually quite touching. Um, you know, he he was clearly surprised and 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 said that she was a great woman and had lived a great life, and that he he was sad to hear that. And uh, and those who who rail against him, and and I have in, in my time as well, have said you know he he can be tacky and tasteless, which he can be. But he can also obviously understand that, you know, somebody's loss of life is is uh, is a big deal. And especially somebody, you know, of her standing. I mean, she was a, 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 a well-respected justice and uh, and prior to being on the court had done uh, lots of work over the years for women's rights and women's, um, uh, you know, uh, standing in the country and uh, equality. And, you know, she, she's a a um, a large figure in American uh, jurisprudence. So, uh, you know, I thought his response was good. 
um, as was uh, Mr. Biden's. They both, uh, although Mr. Biden's was substantially more wordy, but I think he had more time and had a prepared statement, which is what I had seen, whereas uh, President Trump had just come for a rally, and they told him while he was standing on the tarmac at the airport. So um, he didn't really have anything prepared to say at that particular point in time. Um, the CDC says that since COVID-19 pandemic had begun that hundreds of scientists and World Health Organization people have acknowledged that the virus may spread through tiny particles in the air. Um, The CDC hadn't gotten on the bandwagon until last week. It updated its website saying there's growing evidence the virus could be transmitted through droplets and airborne particles in the air that can travel farther than six feet. Good morning. Good morning. So I was pointing out that the CDC just last week finally put on their website that the, the COVID virus could be uh, transmitted through, in quotes, droplets and airborne particles, end quote, in the air that travel further than six feet, and that good indoor ventilation is crucial to preventing the spread of the virus. But yesterday, it pulled that guidance saying that the draft was mistakenly posted online. Yeah. Which is interesting because uh, the World Health Organization and most uh, experts have acknowledged that it's spread through, uh, you know, droplets and aerosoled, aerosoled, uh, you know, exhaled air from people for quite some time now. We've kind of come to settle on that as as factual information about how this virus moves. And yet the CDC hasn't acknowledged that until a week ago. And now they've pulled that back down. Now, Why? they have it, they haven't pulled it down in terms of saying that they don't agree with the idea that it spread, but they pulled down the guidance about indoor air ventilation systems being crucial in preventing the virus, which I don't know why. And maybe the idea is that, you know, a good indoor ventilation system without any filtration just spreads the virus around, so maybe they want to think about how they word that. Like if you've got a really good air handler, um, a certain percentage of the air in every building is recycled air, and a certain percentage is fresh air coming in from outside, and that's handled by local jurisdictions as to what that percentage has to be legally. But a certain amount of it is recycled air from inside, and especially in hot environments, you want to recycle the cooler air from inside as much as possible, right, because you don't want to bring in hot air and have to recool it. It's much more energy efficient to keep recycling certain amounts of air. But if you're sucking in air that, that people have breathed out and put little particles of, of water that might have, or, or saliva, a spit that might have um, COVID in them, you're just spreading it around the building. Whereas if you have a filtration system on your air handler that is capable of catching some of those, then you're making it, you, you know, you're cleaning the air as you circulate it. So I think that maybe they want to draw that line. I don't know. I'm making up stuff here. Interesting. But I, yeah, I don't know. That's in one of my... In one of my iterations, oh, jobs, uh, somehow the uh, IT department got put in charge of the uh, building operations. And so I had the opportunity to work with uh, gentlemen who were in charge of the air handling equipment for a large operation, including a printing press. And in the newspaper industry, um, your air handlers are very important because there's lots of little uh, particles of paper in the air. And a combination of those can cause lung problems and those can cause fires. 
and so or even flash fires like almost like an explosion because of uh, of dust so there's it, there's a lot of air handling management they've got super big air handlers and they can create compressed air that they use then to run the press so so the building air handling systems are are critical to the function of the building uh, of the of the property and so I got to learn a little bit about air handling and air cleaning systems. And let me tell you, I've been inside of a cooling tower on top of a building. It's disgusting. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's a sludgy place. Uh, Ew. But these big commercial air conditioning units and air handling units are are uh, impressive, impressive pieces of equipment. And, uh, and in, in, in the printing industry, they are critical to the function of the printing press itself and so um they you know they're not just hey let's keep the building cool there that's how we run our press and that's how we we keep the the interior safe from from being overloaded with paper dust that would then kill the people working there or possibly cause flash fires you know not to mention wow. that they use oil-based inks so those also burn so you don't fire fire's a bad thing in a paper warehouse <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, it is. Oh, it's my a, God. Yeah. a bad thing anywhere but a fireplace or a Yeah, fire yeah, yeah, on your you stove. Know, yeah. Contained in a combustion engine or, Right, you know. yeah, yeah. There's some <laughs> limited places where fire does great things for us, and there's there's lots of places where fire uh, uncontrolled can be really bad. So, um, anyhow, yeah, um, I you know, got off track there, but the CDC has pulled this back from their website. Um you know, CDC's initial guidance on airborne transmission left health officials scrambling over how it could impact schools and businesses reopening. That's because older buildings may have poor ventilation, plus people may take off their masks if they're social distancing, which they probably shouldn't. You know, keep your mask on unless you are eating or drinking something and put it right back on. That seems to be the... Yeah, but it's unc- I have a hard time wearing a mask all day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know how much of it is my asthma and how much of it is just psychological. I don't like having something on my face all day. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, doctors and nurses do it. And so I know you can get used to it, but I don't but know they that don't you do ever. They do it all day. They do it, you know. I mean, well, it depends on, yeah. All day, but, but, you know, before COVID, they were walking around without masks on all the time. It wasn't yeah. until they were doing some sort of treatment that required the protection that they put it on. Yeah, I mean, a lot. it depends on where you work in the hospital, too. You know, you work in the um, uh, um, emergency room or, or in the um, uh, critical care units and stuff. They, they probably wear masks more than other places. So, but, you know, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it can be done. But no, I'm sure nobody in those, even in those situations, is going to say, yeah, we like it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yes. uh, I did find personally that that um, uh, I bought some of those sort of like pleated paper masks, and those are more comfortable and easier to breathe for me than the cloth masks that I have, and they pinch down around my nose better, so they uh, because they've got the little wire thing in them, so my glasses don't fog up as much, and so because um, that's that's a big pain for us glasses wearers is every time you exhale you go blind for you know 20 seconds which it's not really safe when you're driving not that i wear my mask when i'm in the car but um you know when i'm in the car by myself i don't wear a mask shame on me but i do keep one i keep one with me and if i go through a drive-thru or something i put it on before i come up to the window so that i'm not you know exhaling into the window that's blowing air in my face and everything that's in there at me but uh yes that was anger by the way (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't like that that setup before COVID. I certainly don't like it now. But I understand what they're doing. They're using that gush of wind by the drive-through to keep like flies and stuff from coming in the store. Yes. That is exactly and, why they do it. And so I fully out. understand it, and I acknowledge that it's probably a good idea. I just don't like it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's if like I liked wind in my... Exits, even when you walk into a building, uh, yeah, a lot of a building, them. you're going to get that puff. Yeah, a lot of them have that, that little air blower right above the doors, so when the door swings open and you... Whoosh, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm just saying. Not a fan, you know. So I, I don't. I don't own a convertible for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, how do you um, feel about the uh, Justice Department designating New York um, City, New York City, uh, uh, Seattle, and Portland, Portland as yeah. um, anarchist jurisdictions? Haven. Anarchist jurisdictions. Thank you. I was looking for that right word. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Um. Well, I think that it's a move designed to kind of try to put some pressure on them and leverage them. You know, they lost the court case when they tried to withhold funds to some of the um, uh, sanctuary cities, um, you know, earlier, was it a year or two ago, when yes. uh, Trump tried to do that with sanctuary cities who he felt were were basically creating things that didn't work with the national plan, I say in air quotes. Um, so I don't know that they actually have any real leverage other than they're just going through the motion and pandering to people who who agree with Trump that these places are out of control. Quite frankly, if I lived in one of these cities, I would be terrified to go out at night and and uh, and you know be worried for my loved ones that lived in these places because uh, of some of the stuff that has gone on there. I think that the the Mayors in particular have completely abdicated their uh, their job responsibilities, um, you know, and and some of the police chiefs in these cities have been livid and not happy at all because they're being told, you know, in Portland in particular, or was it Seattle? I think both of them. The police both chief was just essentially told, you know, don't go in and stop it. Just let them go in and burn. It's only property, you know, and and well, first of all, it's not only property. There were people who were killed. And, and secondly, you know, property is people's livelihoods. That's their jobs. You know, it's, it's their, you know, these are small businesses that don't have ways of getting back. And a lot of them, you say, oh, they've got insurance. A lot of the insurance companies are saying, hey, this was anarchy. And, and so, you know, it was a government decision. We don't, we're not liable for that. And so they're not paying. You know, so these people are basically, you know, their lives are destroyed because some idiot mayor decided not to do anything because somehow they thought that was the right move. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree that they are anarchist jurisdictions in some cases. I I would be livid and I would be voting out those mayors. And and frankly, even though I don't own one now and have never owned one, I would be very seriously considering buying um, some sort of some sort of gun to protect my home and my property. Yes. Because, I I, uh, yeah. I think it's despicable. I think that they were hired to do a job, and they didn't. They they refused to do it. They flat out refused. Yeah, to do they it. being the mayor. They prevented their police chiefs from um, from uh, uh, doing their jobs. I I just think it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what the national government can do about that, I don't know. You know, the whole idea of of identifying them as anarchist jurisdictions. 
like I said, I think that legally, if they try to go in and say we're going to withhold tax dollars, that they will lose that case. It'll end up in a court case somewhere, and and you know, just like when they tried to do that with the sanctuary cities, um, which I thought was less clear cut. I, I don't know. This is different. Yeah, is that's different. why I say I'm, it is different. Yeah. It is different because not only are they not uh, doing anything, they're also saying that they they don't they won't allow uh, federal troops or or the you know um, uh, what do you call it the national guard to come in and yes. restore order. So they're yes. just basically saying we want to allow our our people to burn our cities, and yes. we're we're making that that decision as the executive for this city, and you know I think that. There are going to be people even within that city who cry out to the national government and say, "Save us from these idiots." Yes. You yes. Know? And and as as you know, uh, hippy dippy as Portland seems to be at times, you know, there's people there who are saying, "I don't want to die here, not today." Yes. You know, and I don't want my my business burned to the ground and and have the mayor standing by. I frankly, if I owned a business there, would be suing the mayor right now. I, I imagine those lawsuits have been filed. Yeah. Um, because because they have let anarchists run the show. I mean, for crying out loud, in Seattle, they had an autonomous zone. That, yeah. that by definition, is anarchic. So yeah. it's uh, uh, this this chaz yeah. and chop or whatever the heck they called themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that he certainly can. When you when you file when you sign federal contracts for for grants and that sort of thing you Mm -hmm. agree to follow federal law right and abide by federal law and so um uh you know i think that based on that Mm -hmm. there is there is um you know he can withhold if you're not following the laws he can withhold those grants certainly that yeah for those that that those contracts were involved now yeah you know other dollars i'm not sure i mean i Mm-hmm. Well, and constitutionally, the federal government has the right to, you know, provide for the common defense and to uh, protect us from from attacks, you know, from uh, outside and within. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, foreign and domestic. And so, you know, if if there's an autonomous zone, they're essentially saying that we now are are independent of of the country. We are our own place. We don't have to follow your laws and rules. And that's, you know, that's a revolution that the government has every legal right to put down. Yes. Yes. And the people who, who were in charge of it need to be tried for treason. Yep. Yep. I, I, you know, I'm not usually for violent actions, but sometimes you need to do violent things to put down violent insurrection. And that's essentially what that was. And I thought it was ridiculous that they were telling our police, just step back and let them do it. Let them vent, you know, let them vent. Because, well, you know what? Go vent. Four years old. Go burn their own house down. Don't go burn down somebody else's business or take over somebody else's property. You know, if you're upset, burn your own house down. And if you don't own a house, then, you know, make a bonfire in the street and chant. I mean, it's you don't go destroy <laughs> other people's property because you're upset. You don't have the right to do that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think we're, we're sounds like we're very much in agreement on this one. It's like, you know, this is this is no bueno on the part of some dumb mayors and and they should pay for this in whatever fashion we can figure out is the right way to make them uh, suffer the consequences for their lack of leadership and their poor uh, decision making. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, it's up to the people who voted them in to vote them out or to, to decide what is appropriate in each case. But uh, they need to know that they have the backing of the rest of the country to do that because, holy moly, um, you know, and maybe not the whole rest of the country. I know there is a lot of liberal people who, who would say, um, you know, they have a right to protest. But I think even even, you know, I mean, the Democratic leader, Joe Biden, has said that's not acceptable. You know, it's it's the, and he, he's drawn a line and said there's a difference between protesting and destroying property. You know, that's criminal yes. behavior and it needs to be treated as criminal behavior. And so, um, you know, kudos to him for for being a voice of reason. Um, I don't I know that he's always being listened to, but, you know, <laughs> I, I know that there are a lot of people who say they they don't like uh, William Barr. I like him. Mm-hmm. I, I I like him. And Bill Barr, you know, of course, our attorney general, um, he seems rather unflappable. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you would hope that, that uh, a lot of people making big decisions are of a personal nature that tends to be sort of unflappable people that make, uh, you know, you don't want a highly emotional person in those positions <laughs> When uh, when making decisions that affect other people's lives and the world around them, that to the extent that the federal government does, so you know to that extent, it's definitely a good thing to be somebody who's sort of even keeled. Um, you know, he probably so, comes home at night and 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 you know throws up every night, but but at least while he's hit, while he's out in front of the cameras and while he's sitting at his desk, he's calm, cool, and collected. So a state of emergency has been declared for Louisville. Um, and that is ahead of the Breonna Taylor decision. Um, in anticipation of a grand jury decision in the Breonna Taylor case, uh, Louisville's P- PD has declared a state of emergency. And that means officers will work 12-hour shifts and days off are canceled. Louisville appears to be preparing for the worst with concrete barriers being unloaded Monday behind City Hall and chain-link fencing being put up on a nearby sidewalk. Uh, the city is holding its breath. Brianna Taylor, as you might remember, mm-hmm. uh, was shot and killed. Well, okay, this report says while she was sleep, asleep, other reports that I've heard said that she was not asleep, that she was actually in her hallway. It doesn't really matter. She was uh, uh, killed uh, in her own home. Killed, killed in her own home um, after a no-knock warrant uh, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, enacted. So... Um, uh, Attorney General Daniel Cameron. Gen- uh, Daniel Cameron is expected to announce his office's findings as well as whether any of the three officers, um, one of whom has been fired, will be indicted. Yeah. So um, we, they're they're preparing for riots. Well, they should expect it. It's going to happen. Yep. With with the mood of the country and the the you know riot at the drop of a hat mentality that seems to be. Uh, pervasive right now I, I yeah they, they need to prepare they would be foolish not to um, you know I mean if nothing happens yay but you'd be foolish not to make some yeah you'd be foolish not to make to, to do some preparation and quite frankly regardless of what happens you probably get some people out there protesting you know you'll get some I mean if, if they choose to do nothing then there'll be some people in support of the police out there saying you know, or I mean, if they choose to do something, people in support of the police will be out there going, uh, you know, these guys are getting railroaded. They were just doing their jobs and doing what they were told to do. And, and you know, there's no reason for them to be treated like criminals and, and vice versa. 
you know, something's going to happen. There will be people in the streets no matter what happens. So, yes. yeah, yes. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, taking, I was speechless there because I, I'm, I'm fed up with the rioting. I'm fed up with, I'm just fed up. I, you know, I, we shouldn't be burning mm-hmm. our country down. Yeah, I think that's, you know, there's a, a large swath of America that looks at the coasts, which is where most of this is happening, and go, y'all are crazy. Yep. You know, and, and I mean, you're, you're, why are you tearing your, your places apart? Yes. Why are, you, why are you doing that? And, you know, there really is a sense of, of middle America not understanding why the coasts act the way they do, that the coasts are almost like another country in some sense, you know, in terms of their, their sensibilities. And, yes. and that shows up in the, in the electoral votes as well, because, you know, there's a lot of people who, uh, um, don't understand, don't understand at all. So, Hey, did you know today is battery day? It's 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 battery day as designated by uh, Elon Musk and Tesla. They're actually having an announcement later today that they have developed a new type of battery cell. And so we don't know uh, what it is or what it isn't. But the Tesla shares actually dropped four percent. And Elon Musk, I guess, uh, Tuesday morning this morning. Um, had done a couple things that they were perceived as him sort of managing expectations. In other words, I think that, you know, there was some hype about this new battery and that started getting out of control and he didn't want to then have the announcement seem to be like a letdown based on people expectations saying, Oh, they found a battery that'll last for, you know, 12 years and run without ever getting charged and blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's like, well, wait a minute now, that's not what we said. And that's certainly not what we're going to be able to do. We're going to have a better battery than we had before. And so, um, anyway, he tried to do some management of expectations, and it cost four percent of the value of the company. Um, wow! It, it'll be very interesting to see when he does make the announcement, which I think is supposed to be at ten o'clock uh, Pacific time today. So, um, it's a anyway. They have a prototype uh, manufacturing line for these new battery cells in Fremont, California, um, and so we'll see if um, you know when he makes the announcement whether. You know how groundbreaking it is or isn't, or how much of an improvement there are, because one of the primary things that will make, um, you know, continued use of electric cars better and better, and electricity used to drive other things that are currently done with combustion engines, is, you know, smaller, lighter, quicker to charge batteries. You know, if you can get a battery that will last a long time and charges in five minutes, um, you're going to have significantly better car right because that's a big deal with electric cars right now once you hit the end of how far you can go you got to hang out for a while you know even if it's a half hour some of them are saying now half hour to like 80 percent charge if you've got the high you know level three type chargers or the tesla superchargers but uh you know that's still i gotta go somewhere and sit read a book find something to eat they tend to try to put them near like you know shopping and food places so that you can like leave your car and go get a bite Yes, but you know, you go, you plug in your car, but somebody who comes up and wants the plug can pull up next to you and take the plug out of your car and put it in his car, and that has been an, a problem in in uh, places like Northern California where there's a lot of electric cars. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how irritating that would be? Oh my God! You know, you plug in your car and then you go get something to eat, and you come back and somebody's unplugged your car, and there's no. Of course, 
Now they are tied into your phone, so if somebody unplugs it, it's going to beep, and you'll know. You know, you can monitor it, and you can go back and move the plug back. And uh, you know what Tesla should do to stop that, at least for their superchargers, is if they're plugged in a car and it's charging, then they should disable it unless it plugs back into that car for uh, uh, and you know send a notification to the person saying, "Have you finished charging?" And if they say no, then don't allow that charger to work. Just shut it off until yeah. they come back and put it back in that for that same car. So it's locked into that car until it hits, you know, 80% or to the person who's using it acknowledges that they are done using it. Yeah, because that is a pretty rotten thing. It's a pretty rotten thing to do. Yeah, I mean, to, they should be able to identify the people who are doing that and basically stop them, shut them down. <laughs> yes. You know, because you have to plug, you know, if you own the charger and you own the car and all of it's connected to an internet that, that you and, and you manage the, the operating systems and the and the data moving back and forth, you can figure out who's doing those kinds of things and stop them. And that, you know, I, I think that Tesla should do that. Now, it doesn't do you any good if you're going to one of these other companies e-chargers because you know if you you've got a chevy bolt or something else you know or the nissan leaf um because there's multiple companies involved and they don't have that coordinated amongst the companies but uh tesla should be able to stop that because they own both pieces so one of those advantages sort of like apple owning lots of pieces of their infrastructure if you own it all you can do things the other guys can't unless they all get together so so we we talked about sports on uh, on the KCAA show. Sports um, ball. One thing that we didn't talk about is a bunch of coaches just got their hands slapped uh, for not <laughs> wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, they're in the bubble. The the uh, were these NFL or NBA coaches? This is NFL. NFL coaches. That's right. Yeah, so they don't have a bubble. They're bubble free. They've got people online. You know, I saw the other day Andy Reid from the Kansas City Chiefs wearing his cap with a plastic shield attached to it. So he had a shield on, but no mask. And it yeah, irritated it me. Do the same thing. Because it doesn't do the same thing. It doesn't does not at all do the same thing. And it and and it irritated me because I didn't want him demonstrating to hundreds of football fans that oh you could do that instead. Because that's what I'm sure a lot of people looked at and said, Oh, well that's safe. If he's doing it it must be safe. They wouldn't let him do it if it wasn't safe. Um, yeah, they don't have like uh, you know mass cops running around. They just find them after the fact, and so yeah. And find it a hundred grand. Yeah, that was a cheap, or that was there was not a cheap mistake, right? Yes. So it's a uh, Vic Fangio of the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. uh, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, and Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, yeah, so, Carroll's yeah. an older guy too. I'm surprised that he would be out there without a mask on. I'm not at all. He was a USC coach, and you know they don't follow. They didn't follow the rules. Why would he do it now? He was absolutely cleared of all of that by the investigation, and in fact, he flew back on his own dime several times to help uh, give them information. Uh huh. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't trust him. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's one of those guys that, that sort of gives off the vibe of win at all costs. And so, yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean he's not stu- he's not stupid either. He's smart enough to distance himself from any of the hanky-panky that's going on that might be skirting some rules. I, um, you know, I've read about some of the stuff in terms of his coaching philosophy and the way he talks about coaching. I like a lot, but I cannot, cannot get myself to cheer for that team in any way shape or fashion i just do not of all the teams out there and it's funny because as a packer fan you'd think i would hate like chicago and and minnesota and i'm not a fan of them obviously i just don't like the seattle seahawks i just don't like them they have had the, the the packers when playing them have had more crappy calls 
calls that were so clearly wrong and 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 resulted in the in Seahawks winning that just it it just burns me to my very bones. I cannot stand that team. They get more lucky calls that are wrong. It's like, how do you guys pay off the the refs better than everybody else? I don't understand it. <laughs> Who do you know? What other scandal is Pete Carroll going to be allegedly distancing himself from? Yeah. <laughs> Grr. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and so. that was clearly fan talking, not you know, not any you know rational conversation about that. It was just uh, you know, I think everybody who's in, who follows any kind of sport has that one opponent that seems to just get stuck in your craw. You know, it's like those guys get the benefit of every doubt. They just every time we play them, they just. Durr. For me, that team that I really can't stand is the San Francisco Forty ers Mm-hmm. Can't stand them. Can't stand them. And, um, you know, before the Colin Kaepernick and all of that nonsense and all the, I just have never been a, a 49ers fan. Um, maybe because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, I was going to say, is it because the 49ers and the Cowboys at one time had two dynasties that bumped up against each other pretty pretty regularly? Maybe. Maybe. You know? um, but, you know, like I said, it's 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 it doesn't even have to be that. You know, it's not like the um, the Seahawks are even in the same division as the Packers. They usually play them like once a year uh, uh, or once every other year. Uh, but boy, when we play them, I want to beat them. Ugh. But, you know, you, you know, there's going to be some, you know, weird call by some replacement official who's going to say that the guy who caught the ball didn't actually catch the ball. The other guy on the other team caught the ball in the end zone, even though he never touched the ball. And the replay showed that. And they watched the replay and still didn't get the call right because they're replacement refs because they were brought in to screw over the Packers. <laughs> ah. Anyway, not that I'm bitter. <laughs> you know, it's only been, uh, you know, five, eight years, something like that. I guess I can let it go. Yeah, You know, you're a true fan when you're bringing up plays from games several years before and, and still grimacing and growling about it. Right. Seahawks, friggin' Seahawks. The only thing I like about the Seahawks are their uniforms. I think their uniforms are pretty cool. Well, I was was just going to say, and the one thing about them is that, like my my uh, swim team, our team colors are the Seattle Seahawks team colors. I like those team colors. I like that bright neon green with the blue. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, love the colors. Yes, and but the rest of it, no. It's funny that we both went right there. Yeah, no. In fact, you know, the the uh, Seattle has a uh, MSL soccer team as well. Um, I think they're the Sounders, like the because they're that on Seattle Sound or something like that. Anyway, they have the exact same sound. colors. And so when I was up there um, visiting and 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 sightseeing, because the area is beautiful, um, I it, uh, surprise surprise started to rain and was a little drizzly, and so I uh, stopped in like a you know, basically at one of those shops that tourists go in that has, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that says San Francisco on it and bought a rain jacket in the team colors. But I bought, they had two different logos stitched on it. You could buy it with the Seahawks or with the soccer team. And I bought the soccer team for sure. Cause there's no way on earth I would own. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but it's my, it's my swim team colors. So I wear that sometimes when I'm coaching uh, and people go, Oh, you're a soccer fan. I go, Nope, not really. I'm just not a sa- – <laughs> I am so not a Seahawks fan that I bought their soccer team instead. That's hilarious, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
apparently in Philadelphia, um, when the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz threw two interceptions on Sunday, um, the TV viewers heard a chorus of boos rain down from the hometown fans. Except there were no fans. They were they were electronically booing. They recorded the boos. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, they wanted to be true to the uh, to the you know whole sensibility of faking people there. <laughs> It is so, Seattle uh, Sounders FC, by the way. I just went to their website. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, because Puget Sound, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so they, apparently Philly fans are tough, even on their own players. And yeah. I, mean, I suppose that makes sense. And uh, that they, they piped in booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Electronically booed. <laughs> yeah. Makes me, that makes it, me hope. It is it is funny. It's like yeah, it's like okay, he had to be like baffled because like there's nobody here and you and you really you know they had recorded booze to play like if the other team scored, right? But you're going to play yes. them when I screw up. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh but So yeah. So you know that would have happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said you know that would have happened had there been fans in the stadium. Indeed. Indeed. Now Carson Wentz says he didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um um it seems that players hear a different fake crowd noise than TV viewers. So at stadiums, the NFL uses a generic white noise to mimic crowds. So while fans at home were hearing Philly fans engaged in the decades-long tradition of heckling their own players, the guys on the field just heard the same steady stream of white no- noise they'd been hearing all afternoon. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. I would hate that. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be awful. That would give me yeah. a headache. I would yeah. oh. Although I, I say that, and I, I I always have a fan on somewhere. Yeah, always. yeah, and there are people who use like white noise machines when they go to sleep to kind of help drown out other noise, you know. And people have um, said, you know, like if you have in your backyard, if there's noises in the area like road noise and stuff, one of the best things you can do is put like a fountain there to have that water sound, which is a form of white noise, you know, uh, going. So I mean, I understand the using of sound to block stuff out, but but piped in it large decibel amounts to simulate people screaming i guess when they're on the field it probably all sounds like white noise anyway you know i mean of the crowd versus (laughs) of the white noise machine right (laughs) yeah that that, yes that was me doing impressions of crowds and white noise machines believe it or not that was that was that was happening (laughs) hey i got a tech tech thing that's not a story but i just wanted to share um okay, so w- when they came out with uh the updates to ios uh ipad os iwatch os and tv os uh this last week i upgraded immediately so i could start playing with it and tell people about things and one of the things i want to share is in on the watch os they have a function now where when you're washing your hands the uh watch will recognize by the motion and by the sound that a faucet makes that you're washing your hands and it will automatically start a little timer counting down from 20 seconds and then it'll give you a little thumps on the back of your hand the watch will go to let you know uh that you've done 20 seconds of washing which is what they recommend you know say spend 20 seconds and i've got to say i think the whole thing stinks I really don't like it at all. I turned it on. It's off by default. I turned it on, and basically, it doesn't seem to keep counting 20 seconds unless I use very specific motions, palms together, and slide my hands back and forth against each other. Well, I 
stop and rub in between my fingers and up and down my fingers and across the back of my hands and the far side over by my pinky and it stops counting because I'm not washing the way it wants. It just wants me to rub my hands back and forth together for 20 seconds. I think that's stupid. That it's of no stupid. of no use at all to me if I can't if I'm not allowed to like actually wash all the parts of my hand. You know, and it still hears the water running while it's doing that. Why isn't it counting? When I'm when I'm cleaning between my fingers or I turn my you know, sometimes you take one hand and you sort of turn it into a ball into a fist and then you take the other hand and wrap it around it and then you turn the ball inside the other one to rub the outside of the hand, Um, you know, so if I'm getting the back of my hand that way and then I do the same with the other hand and it doesn't measure that as movement and so it doesn't wash it doesn't count. Uh, washing my hands. And so then when I go look at the little report that says, you know, how often have you washed your hands? I get a whole bunch of these like, well, you washed your hands for, you know, eight seconds or 12 seconds. You didn't wash it long enough. And I'm like, I washed it for like 30 seconds and thoroughly on the inside and the outside of my hand. I'm not just washing my palms and fingertips. I'm washing, you know, the entire finger and the entire hand and sometimes up the wrist. Doesn't count that. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm angry. I really am. It's like that. Why even advertise this as a feature if if it doesn't understand that when you... I mean, it knows when I started. It should keep going until it hears the water shut off. Yeah, I agree. Gripe, complain, That's, complain, grumble. It's, it's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. I love the idea, but it is really poorly implemented in my mind, at least for me. Now, maybe I'm missing something. I'll have to read and see if somebody else found some magic secret to make it you know, or a way to adjust it or something, or maybe it's, maybe it's tied into their neural engine and it's going to learn my washing and over time it'll get better. But I don't know. I'm at this point, I'm, there's a reason it's shut off by default because it stinks. It sucks. It's awful. (laughs) Yeah, I know I'm, I'm holding back here. I know I'm being very subtle, (laughs) but let me be clear in case somebody's not quite getting my subtlety. I hate this. I hate being let down by this. And it's such a stupid thing to be hate, you know, to get angry about, right? The thing that measures the time while I wash my hands, like I can't count to one Mississippi or sing the happy birthday song twice through or something. But but dang it, they gave, they promised me something that was going to be cool and neat and it doesn't work and it, it doesn't it, work. It's like a it, it's like a kid when you give him a toy and takes it out of the box, uses it once and it breaks. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like buying that candy and when you bite into it it tastes like like liver you know i'm just like dang it exactly not happy god that's a revolting thought yeah you know the most revolting thought ever with candy i bought a candy bar one time at a target went out to the car sat down opened it up and there were worms in the in the pack. oh god oh my god oh my god oh my god did you run it back in oh yes i i took it back in and the person who who i i told them and they reached for it and then they realized what it was and their hands went back up in the air and they kind of like gasped and went uh can you throw that away over there please and she pointed (laughs) oh my god oh my god that's so disgusting 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 yeah the worst surprise inside of a candy bar ever. Can you imagine <laughs> you if you're reading that in the it, dark I... and you had taken a bite? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. That's protein I don't need in my meal. <laughs> so now that we've given everybody the willies, we're actually out of time. Yeah. I, and on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> the, the moral of the story is to check your candy bars before putting them in your mouth. This is a public right. service announcement. Yeah. <laughs> this has oh. been a film ways presentation <laughs> good lord <laughs> alright well we are at the 
our show for today. I'm Erin Brinker. Are. And I am Todd Brinker. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.